Welcome to the Wedding Sassholes, your no BS wedding business podcast. We're here to real talk you through common F-ups we see companies making and the practical strategies you can implement today. This month's topic is closing. And in this episode, we are discussing five ways to differentiate yourself. To close more sales. We're your hosts. I'm Shannon Tarrant. And I'm Vanessa Negrom. And welcome to The Shit Show. Episode two of The Wedding Sassholes. <laughs> Every time we say it, we crack up laughing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing like oh, picking a name that makes you laugh. Well, this episode is for the people that Every time I go to a networking event or meet a new company and I ask them the question, what makes you different? What do they answer, Vanessa? They never know. They don't know. They have no idea. They don't know. Or they answer the question with things that everybody says the same thing. I have good they, customer service. Yeah. We make really good food. We take really I, pretty pictures. I respond okay. fast. <laughs> And so I think it's really hard because we've talked about this in the past that there's no barrier to entry in the wedding industry. No. You can wake up and be like, I'm a vendor. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I feel like we talked about this the other day of people that they do one event and then they have a company. Right. And the challenge with that then becomes you don't really know enough about the market locally to begin with, number one. And number two... You really don't take the time to figure out what niche and need are you filling as a company. Right. Well, you don't have enough of a clientele base to hear what they're needing and what they're wanting. Right. So we decided for this episode, we were going to give you, our listeners, five different ways to differentiate yourself, like really specific ways that we can kind of focus it down. So let's get started. Vanessa, what is number one? Number one is have a clear USP, and that's not the thing that plugs into your computer. (laughs) A USP is a unique selling proposition. So why you? What makes you different versus your competition? What sets you apart? Yeah, and I think sometimes that people forget um, or aren't sure how to start to figure this out. So one of my favorite tips and recommendations is always to ask people, Utilize your social media, even if your Facebook account is full of nothing but friends and family and whatever, if, or if you are already an active company and you don't really know what your USP is, I think you can go to the people in your circle and start asking what makes me different Mm -hmm. and what do I offer or why would people want to specifically work with me? I think talking to the people that are in your circle, be it people that know you personally or people that know you business-wise, always asking them, what do you think sets us apart? But also, what do you think we specialize in? So if they were talking to a potential client about you, what would they say? Yes, how would they refer you? Right, like how would they be your hype person? Like what would they say that sets you apart and say, oh, you have to go see this person because they do X, Y, Z or, you know, they're part of their personality. I think getting their outside perspective is always easier to put that in place, to to realize what your USP is. Yeah, because when you sit down to try to look at it yourself, unless you've created a really unique business model or something totally and completely different in your local industry, I think it's really hard to try to figure it out yourself. I remember a few years ago when I was, I had a florist, when I worked at the venue, we had a florist that we referred a ton of business to. And I had said to her, 
yeah, you know, you're the only florist in town that really is giving them a quote before they walk out of the appointment. Mm -hmm. And she was like, what? And I said, yeah, when, you know, floral waiting on a quote was a big pain point in our market. Every florist they were meeting with, it was taking weeks to get the weeks to get a proposal and a quote. And what I would say to them is, hey, if you meet with florist A, that florist, you will walk out the door with a quote in hand and you won't have to wait weeks to get it. And they were like, oh my God, I'm going to call. Mm-hmm. But they, but she had no idea that that was a differentiator. So I love the, I love the asking friends and family, but I also love the going to your circle of the people who already refer you. Yeah, I think it's good. And there's always those people like myself. I don't like to talk about myself. So I right. have to ask my friends like, hey, what do you, what do you see that I don't? Cause I don't really like bragging about myself. <laughs> right. And I think it's important to remember that the, it, it, you can't say things like, we have fast customer service or we have a lot of experience. You really have to figure out a USP, like an actual unique selling proposition for your category. It could be the systematic way you do it. It could be you have a unique offering. You could be a DJ and you have like unique products that no one else has. But Mm -hmm. you really have to figure that out because you can close more sales because people can refer you better when you have a clear USP. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Cause well, it's you're and, meeting the need differently. And I think the way that people describe it, you know, the, the people that we ask, um, you know, what sets yourself apart and they really don't have an answer. They are naming things that should be common that they should already yes. be doing. That doesn't make you different. Those are things that you should already be putting into practice. Right. And when it's, when you have that USP, whether you're at networking events or you're meeting with clients or you're looking at your marketing, it's really easy to set yourself apart. Right. Mm-hmm. Because people know exactly what makes you different, why they would call you over someone else or some other venue or some other florist or some other cake baker. Yeah, exactly. I think All the right. next thing that we should work on is putting a face on your business. Okay. So, so tell it, me more how you do this within your business because I think you do this really well. <laughs> so the company is named after myself, obviously, but I'm very face forward. I do a lot of stories behind the scenes. I make sure that every couple of posts on like Instagram or on Facebook is something about myself, not just the business or how I got started, how I fell into what I do now. Um, I really like to do, this is just my practices on like I'm tasting Tuesdays. And it's funny because I've done it repetitively so much that like the clients know it's tasting Tuesday, like, Oh, it's Tuesday. She's doing tastings. I'll do a behind the scene and show them what the flavors are. I will do a congratulations to my couples and just do a quick video of this is what's going on this week. I might be a little absent on emails or something like that, but I constantly put my face on there, not just a pretty picture of a cake, put yourself. Cause at the end of the day, a lot of these upcoming clients they're purchasing from the people. They're not just purchasing from a business. So they want to see who they're working with because they want that connection. It's a very intimate setting of a day. They want the connection. So put your face out there. It's perfectly fine to do videos in your car. I mean, not driving, but like, you know what I mean? Do it. Do it. Sometimes I do it when I'm driving. Yes, but- she does. That's why I know if you're just <laughs> listening on audio, you can't see the look on my face, but um But I do agree with you because I think that we've all heard the adage a thousand times, people do business with people they like. Yeah. And so if you are never putting a face to your bit, I can't tell you how many times with a vendor company, I go to the about page and there's no picture of them there. And I'm like, no, but who is like, who is the person behind the, this company name? They're like, oh, I have all this experience or whatever. And they're about page, but 
I don't get to know the person because when you have that and, you know, yes, you have the picture on your about page, but you're doing a better job of putting face to camera, then when they come in and how this really helps you close more sales, I think, is that by the time someone comes to do a tasting with Vanessa with her cake company or they come to do a meeting with me. They've maybe already watched a Facebook Live or an Instagram Live I've done. And Mm -hmm. they already have kind of a feel and a vibe. And we're going to talk about this a lot more next week about building rapport and making a connection. But I think that when you start putting yourself and your face to your business, you will find that they already feel like they know you. And so they're more likely, and I think the sale closes quicker because. I feel a little bit more connected to that person to the point where I don't want to disappoint them and I'm less likely to ghost them because we've built this rapport because I've gotten to know who they are and what they do. And while you don't have that relationship with them as a customer because you haven't had the FaceTime with them, I think by giving them the FaceTime with you and if you're a solo op like Vanessa and it's just Vanessa, that's fine. And she's the face and she's all the things within her business. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you have a team or let's say you're a company with a, you're a DJ company and you've got five or six different DJs, one of the big fails I see a lot of the time is it's just they only put the owner's face on camera. Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to hire multiple DJs or multiple photographers and associates within your company, you want to put more than just the one face. You want them to get to know everybody on the team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a really good feeling when you do finally meet that client and they, they say to you, I feel like I already know you because they've already seen you on the socials. They see your personality, they see your quirkiness. And that's, that's essentially like what attracts them to you. And I don't see that as a bad thing. I think it also is going to help, um, kind of get rid of the people that aren't your people. So it makes your work life easier and it makes their day better because they already like you. So I don't see it as being, I don't see any downfalls in it. I mean, putting some personality behind it, it connects it with a person and those websites and those Instagrams and any of the social media platforms that only have the product and no people, it just seems very cold and corporate to me and weddings shouldn't be corporate. They should be very intimate and personable. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we forget that there's so much opportunity for you. You don't have to worry about putting on a ton of makeup and do I look perfect today and whatever, like we're dirty on site working events. (laughs) Nobody cares. Like they just want, they want the content and the connection more than they care about the exact perfect poly. I mean, have decent audio and make sure you're not standing with the light behind you, but still. But they, but they like seeing that's a real person. So it's okay to not be perfect. It's it's better than nothing. All right. our next way to differentiate yourself is my jam. It is my jam. So <laughs> this is her expertise. Yeah. So we're talking about <laughs> the five different ways to differentiate yourself. And when we, Vanessa and I were brainstorming the list of five, the third one was like, oh, and it's really about knowing your venue spaces. Yes. You hopefully, oh God. And if not, you'll learn how to do it more on this podcast, but hopefully you've built some really good venue relationships and you're getting some referrals in from the venues or you get to go to networking events in your market and you have seen some of the different venues in town. So why is it important, Vanessa, to know your venue spaces? Know your venue spaces for any, I would say any type of vendor, you need to know what they what they have on site. So if you are a DJ or a photographer and you need electronic um, outlets, you need to know what they already provide or if you need to bring battery pack up 
battery backup. <laughs> I speak English, I swear. <laughs> um, knowing like the layout, knowing what they offer, knowing what they restrict on, that's a big one for everyone. You should always, as a vendor, know what your venue restrictions are, what they do and do not allow. Yeah, what the so rules that, are. Right, that. so that yeah. when you meet with your client, you're not selling them something that they, they're they not allowed to have at that venue. And you saying that during your consultation of, oh, they actually provide this, they provide that, they don't allow this. I know that you, you had your heart set on that, but unfortunately that's one of the restrictions. It sets you aside as an expert of not only knowing the ins and outs of the venue, but knowing all the regulations outside of your own job description. So I think that's very important. Yeah, I can see even as somebody when I'm at um, different wedding shows and I'll talk to a couple and say, oh, what venue have you picked to get married at? And they're like, oh, I'm getting married at venue A. I'll be like, oh God, the sun sets on the lake. And are you facing this side or that side? And mm-hmm. oh my God, and the way the vines grow up the thing and and they like, look at me like, oh my God, you know, my venue, like, you know, my space. And I think when you can position yourself, you know, we're focusing on how to close more sales. This is one of those things in your appointment or even beforehand that you sound like such a great expert and you've got so much experience in this, in your market when you can intelligently share some of the things Vanessa was saying. I mean, we saw this happen a lot when it comes to cold sparks, like cold sparks became a really cool thing at weddings, but a lot of the venues have banned it. And so Mm -hmm. you don't want to be the entertainment company that's selling cold sparks is the most amazing, whatever. And then the venue's like, oh, we don't allow that here. Now the couple's already paid for it and you have to refund it or whatever. That's not going to help you close more sales. for No, or like the open flame, you know, that's a big thing for doing open flames on the tables. Um, I think it's also important if you know what the venue already carries. So for example, rentals, does the venue have rentals? Do you know what the different rentals are that coordinate with whatever service you're offering? So that when the couple comes in, you can ask them, oh, are you using this dresser? Are you using that table? Did you rent that couch? So you can kind of, you know, point out that you do know the space, but you also know what they already provide to do the overall aesthetic of what the client is looking for. And you'd be surprised how impressed the clients get when you know all these things, or they never even thought of them before, but they appreciate that you brought it up. I also think like, not really what we were planning to talk about, but it's a really (laughs) easy upsell. Like it's a good way when you have that knowledge you can, you don't want to take money out of the venue's pocket either. If you have a great relationship with them, like you don't want to be upselling stuff that maybe they have for them to rent. So yeah, it is, it is super important. And that's knowing the venues and having that expertise, asking when you go to networking events and the venues there, just getting to know, going on a tour of each venue and really having, you know, those questions and that information you want to gather. All mm-hmm. right. The next one's going to be is on you. Be helpful and generous with tips and recommendations. Okay, Okay. so when you are trying to differentiate yourself, a lot of times, I mean, hopefully couples, engaged couples are not listening to this podcast. They're so dumb. Like they just, they don't know. They don't don't know what they don't know is what I always say. But in like 2022, it's all on the internet. All the information is there. So it does get frustrating, but it does. It does. But they really have no idea. So when you as a company are really generous with, um, we'll start with tips. When you are generous with your expertise, not only when it comes to like things in your category or we assume so often that they 
the words and the terminology we use that is internal within the industry. Like when you say naked cake, I think every single person in the industry knows exactly what I'm talking about. I said the word naked cake to my mother. And you should think it's dirty. The look (laughs) on her face when I said naked. They think all the dirty things. She was like, like boobs. Like literally that's what my mom was like, like boobs on the cake, like like a penis cake. I'm like, no, mom, it's just a cake without Well, it's the same thing, not to just talk about cake, but it's the same thing when you talk about tiers versus layers. Mm -hmm. They don't know the difference. No. So I have to constantly remind myself and be patient and remind myself they don't speak cake. Like they yeah. don't get it. And when they come in and they say things like, I'm not really sure. I don't know what I'm doing. I yeah. just, I just always say, well, that's that you're not supposed to know what you're doing. That's why you hire the professionals. Cause we're here to help you plan all of this right. and take care of it for you. I don't expect you to know all the things and that's perfectly fine. If you did, you've got married way too many times. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's okay. <laughs> that's story. why you hire the professionals. Cause they don't know. And I think a lot of us forget that sometimes because yeah. we're around it so much that they there's so much that they don't know. But that's also a part of being a good vendor is education, is yeah. help help educate your clients, not only for your part of the job, but other people's parts. So I've, yeah. I've had to step in and say like, you know, well, we've reached out to so-and-so and they just haven't gotten back with us. I understand that, but they, they also had weddings all weekend. So right give them a couple of days. They were busy Friday through Sunday. It's only Monday. Like, right. So we'll yeah. get back to you, but just remember they, they are busy on the weekends. And that's when they, that little light bulb goes off and they say, Oh, Oh yeah. I didn't think about that. Cause the client is off on the weekend, yeah. but we're all working. So you just have right. to be patient and, and help educate them, help, help them learn about our industry. <laughs> yeah. And I think when you you know, when you take the time as a company to educate them and teach them, whether it's using your marketing, using email drip campaigns, like this could be a great funnel building activity that you can. So when maybe a lead finds your website and you share them a digital download or a checklist, or you build out an email series, that's, I think when you're generous with those tips and the advice and the recommendations, rather than just flat out saying no to something, really focusing this, the generation getting married right now is a generation of why. They weren't just told, I grew up in the world of, because I said so, that's why, and I didn't have a choice, but this generation getting married wants to understand the why. So Mm -hmm. if they say, well, Vanessa, I want a 12 tier cake for 50 people. Like you have to explain why that doesn't make any sense. Or if they're talking to their DJ and they say, you know, I really want to do all the toasts and all the parent dances and cut the cake and everything before dinner. Like you as the DJ, you don't get to say no, you have to help guide them and explain to them. And that's such a huge differentiator. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't know if you remember this, but it's about, I want to say it was about a year ago. Um, you actually helped me figure out an email drip campaign kind of thing after like sending out the first, the first touch, like the next email, not being pushy, but saying, Hey, you know, here's how to start your wedding planning, start a Pinterest board and separate it by categories, like giving them little tips and tricks and not trying to sell them on my service, but help them do the planning and help that education process. So it was like, it was like a three-part series email and each email was like a tip. And then just at the end saying, whenever you're ready to look into our services, let us know if you have any questions kind of thing. So it wasn't super pushy, but it was helping with that education and sharing our own expertise. 
Yeah. And when you do that, it immediately sets yourself apart. And I promise you, they remember. So when we're talking about these differentiators to close more sales, these things that you're doing, the behaviors and the time and energy you're putting into them, the customers and the clients remember them. They do. They, they remember. They appreciate the help because like mm-hmm. I, like we already said, they, they're lost. They, they don't know what they're doing. And that's, that's why yeah. we're here. <laughs> and I mean, that's any of us who I always joke, you know, when I'm speaking at a conference and say, I bought a house and all of a sudden I had to get that house repiped. And I found out that plumbing is very expensive. <laughs> and like, I almost had to hurt it. And I don't know anything about plumbing. So all these companies are talking about, we can do this, this, this. And I'm like, I don't know what any of that means. Yeah. I don't speak that language. Right. So it's yeah. remembering to speak the right language and um, sharing the expertise. Okay. Number five is about giving the client all the information they need to make a decision. So when Vanessa does this better than most people I know. But when... um, Side note, that's one of those things that sets you apart that you don't realize does until someone tells you. Yeah, 100%. So when you are like trying to differentiate yourself, when clients and couples who are planning their wedding are going from vendor to vendor to vendor, we know that when it comes to the category that you're in, they are for sure talking to at least two or three. I Mm -hmm. promise they're talking to two or three. They're not only one and done. There is, they are the generation of FOMO and they really want to make sure they've at least done a little bit of research and stuff online. So Mm -hmm. when they are finally getting to the point where they are ready to make a decision, I find a lot of often the vendors are not doing the best job of setting up the post appointment Whether that appointment was a phone call, I don't care. We're going to call an appointment, quote unquote, text message even. If you are text selling, I don't care how you're selling. Whatever you would consider getting them to the point. Whatever the first contact is with them. Like actual contact, not just an inquiry form. Right. So Mm -hmm. like wherever you're at, you get to that point and then it's kind of like, what, you know, where are we at? And, And what are we doing? And so if you can figure out that you, number one, capture everything you need to be able to keep them moving forward. And the example I'll give is when I worked at the venue, our um, legal and accounting was adamant that every contract had to have their, their mailing address on it, which was fine. Like, I get it. Great. It has to have our mailing address, their mailing address. It was something contractual and legal that was outside of the scope of my brain. But when they would come for a tour and blah, 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 I wasn't always asking for their mailing address. So then at the point at which they were like, I'm ready to go, then I would have to like stop the process to gather info to be able to give them that. So, you know, how do you feel about getting all that information to them? So I do it a little differently as Shannon Mm -hmm. stated. I, if when the client first contacts me, I try to get the, as much information as possible without shoving it down their throat kind of thing. I do ask for the, important details that I need to give an estimate. Now, along with that, where do we go from here thing? I make sure, which is something that I did different that I didn't realize I did different. I make sure that before a client comes in for a meeting, they have all the information that they need to to make a decision. They already have our pricing. They already have the delivery fees in there. There's no hidden fees. There's no surprises so that they can make the decision if we are in their range, if they like our style, if they like our personality on social media, they have all of that information before they even come in. So when they're coming in for the appointment, they already know what to expect. I also put it out before the appointment 
this is how we run our appointments. This is what's customized just for you. And then after the fact, the follow-up where people tend to let them sit for a couple of days, weeks, sometimes, um, before they leave my office, they have a sketch in hand. They already have the estimate that is everything that we talked about, fully detailed flavors, design, everything. And I let them know that as soon as they accept the um, estimate, it turns into a contract automatically. You don't have to wait on me. And that contract, as soon as it's signed, turns into an invoice that you can make a deposit immediately. I try to make it like a domino effect of boom, boom, boom. So they're not waiting on me. They have everything they need to make a decision when they leave my office. And obviously I send them home with some extra cakes so that they can make a better decision later. But I try to make sure they have all the information possible that they need, no surprises later, and let them make the decision. I'm not pushy about it, but I do make sure they have everything before they leave. And I know what our listeners are thinking right now. I know it. I <laughs> it's a know. lot of work. It is a lot of work. I'm I know sorry. in their head, their <laughs> thought process is like, I mean, that works for cake, but it doesn't work for my category. And maybe your sales process looks a little different. Maybe you're the kind of person that wants to have more of a conversation before you just whip off an, esp- an estimate. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I think sometimes when it comes to cake and dessert, it might be a little easier because here's the package and here's the price or the cost yeah. per slice and whatever. So it might be a little bit, but I do think what you can take from Vanessa's process is really taking a look at your own process and saying, where are the barriers to keep the decision moving faster? And so if you are the kind of company that you know, you don't have templates set up for your proposals or your estimates. If you don't, like when I worked at the venue, we did venue food and beverage and we had templates built so that I could give them a fast math. So they had at least just a general idea of cost before they walked out the door. Mm -hmm. And we could kind of handle and talk about that a little bit. But at the same time, I also, it took me like four minutes to make a template. Like to use the template, I changed their names, changed the date, put in the timeline, and I just mathed out the package they wanted and save as and send. So I think you've got to really look at your process in general. And you have no idea how much of a differentiator this is. When couples are on the hunt and they are going vendor to vendor to vendor, and if you say things like, well, I'm going to send you over a proposal or let me send you over the package or let me send you over an estimate or of whatever that looks like after the fact, after you've met and you want to customize it and whatever, the length of time it takes you to send, number Mm -hmm. one, can be really challenging for the client. I know Vanessa has, I used to like steal, you know, clients from other companies because I moved faster. (laughs) Like you, we've all heard like the stats that the faster you reply and the faster you move, the more likely they are to book. But I also think you'll want to tune in towards the end of the month because we're going to be talking and we've got the amazing team, the ladies coming from Rock, Paper, Coin. We're we're going to really like dig into the fact of like how you can make the process for them to give you their money. Streamline it. Streamline it as quick as possible. Mm -hmm. Okay, so recapping the five different ways we talked about having a clear USP, putting a face on your business, know your venue spaces, be helpful and generous with your tips and make sure the client has everything they need to move forward. If you adjust those five things within your business, and you know we wrap up each episode with some wombers for you, but (laughs) if you work on those five things within your business, I can guarantee you, even if you don't listen to our next episode, which of course you should, 
But even if you don't listen to our next episode about some closing techniques, I know you will close more sales. Agreed? Agreed. Absolutely. There's so these, much These are not going to hurt your business in any way, oh, shape or form. God, pick one. Yeah, just work on one at least. <laughs> yeah, pick one and then and think, and you might like, you might have three venues that refer you. I just want you to dig in on all the knowledge you can from those three. Like you mm-hmm. don't have to go know, our market is 500 venues. You don't have to know all 500. No, but the ones that you're there frequently, make sure that you know them inside and out. And not yes. only will the client respect that, the venue itself respects that a lot too. Yes. Okay. So we like to end each episode giving you some swag. Three action items to add to your to-do list. Okay. You ready for your homework? Okay. So we, we've we talked through lots of things, but let's give you actual action out of that list. So yes. I'm going to do number one, twice a month. I want you or your team on your Instagram reels and stories sharing your expertise, but with your face. I want you to do an actual like face record video of you just, even if it's a quick tip, tip Tuesday, a 30 second, 60 second tip that you Mm -hmm. can share. So twice a month, you have to get that into your calendar. Number two is going to be a list of questions for you to build your venue detail database. So if you're at an open house, if you're at a networking event, if you're doing a wedding there, go do a tour beforehand or just, you know, get there early so you can see the layout. But um, make sure you do a list of questions to build that that database for yourself. Yes. Okay. And then as you are learning with all of the clients and people that you are meeting with and you're gathering their pain points and understanding what their biggest challenges are, I want you to, in your next few appointments, really dig in a little bit more to say, how's wedding planning going or how can I help you or what's been the most frustrating part? Because if you can just ask that at your next three appointments, you can learn what kind of expertise and maybe what kind of email marketing follow-ups you can write, what kind of expertise can you share, but you don't, the knowledge that you think you might be sharing might not be what the people actually need. So on your list, your next three appointments, I just want you to try to leave each appointment with one piece of like, tip and expertise that you can share. Mm-hmm. I like Those it. Those are your three. Those are your three. Put them on the list. If you like this podcast, it helps your business, got you thinking or made you laugh. Follow, subscribe and share it with a friend. Stay tuned for our upcoming episode this month. Close more sales without being pushy. And the tips to getting paid faster with the expert team from Rock Paper Coin. Now, go make epic shit happen. happen.